A very good morning, everyone. It's Tuesday. It's January 30. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio and Radio Tab. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And uh, it must be the new year because I uh, saw Easter eggs entrenched in the supermarket yesterday. And maths is back on TV as well. Just a debacle or two. They're already in the pipeline there. Uh, Loz, a morning to you, mate. What's doing? Uh, very little, Mido. Uh, I got... I must have slept well last night mm. because I didn't realise it rained. It was still muggy when I jumped in the car this morning and it's still quite warm outside, but I didn't realise it rained that hard. There's a bit of water on the road. So everyone out there, take it carefully uh, driving into work today. Uh, but the television shows were back on last night. I recorded maths, <laughs> so don't spoil it for me. Oh, I watched Survivor. And in between oh, the breaks, God. I was flicking to Australian Idol. So I was all over the shop last night, but I enjoyed the reality TV being back on. I think we might need a daily three-minute TV wrap from you. Well, maths tomorrow I can give you okay, yeah, a wrap. That'll be eagerly anticipated. Yeah, but Survivor, it's mm-hmm. the best out of the lot, Survivor, I reckon. It's a good show. It's a really good show. Pup, morning to you, mate. Morning, uh, buddy. Gee, I'll tell you what, uh, don't jump in the harbour at... Eight o'clock oh. at night, awful news uh, that yeah. uh, some poor young woman suffered a shark attack there at uh, Elizabeth Bay. Elizabeth Bay, I saw that. Mate. In oh, Sydney's yeah, east there, just uh, off a pier there about a quarter to eight last night. Jeez, no good. Makes makes you think twice sometimes when you go for a swim in that or sort of late evening or, you know, early, um, well, just as the, the sun's going down, that sort of period, pup. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Uh, yeah, not good waking up and hearing that. Uh, Mido, um, I'm scared at the best of times, to be honest, about sharks. I don't know why. I've, I've always had this thing growing up. So, yeah, I um, I love our water in Australia. I think it's one of the greatest things about Australia, and certainly Sydney. Our harbour here is magnificent, but, yeah, very, um, very scary. And uh, I've got a few friends that are on boats all the time, and the amount of bull sharks they see in and around the harbour um, yeah, I wouldn't be swimming there at night time, but yeah, hopefully uh, everything works out. But very sad news to wake up to, that's for sure, Mido, and, and, and scary because, again, you see kids in that water every single day. Um, and it's still light. Like at that time, I think, I think they said yeah. 7.30 p.m. she was swimming and still so light. So, yeah, uh, not good. Not good at all. But, um, yeah, lots of sport, uh, lots of talk about the cricket. I saw uh, the guys, both West Indies and the Aussies, are, are getting ready now for the one day in 2020 side of the summer. Um, uh, yeah, Carl Hooper, I think, is I think he's in charge of the one day. So I listened to him speak yesterday, and um, he's coach of their one day outfit, and he's really excited about the confidence that the West Indies team will take from this test series. So, as Loz mentioned yesterday, hopefully now West Indies winning this last test match that does their confidence the world of good, and we see some really exciting one dayers and and T twenties. Yeah, I think there'll be a bit more interest in the one dayers now. I think people will tune in. Uh, I think if Australia had won that test quite easily and wrapped up the series in three days, the test matches, I I don't think there'd be much interest in this one day. But I reckon a lot of people will tune in just to see how the West Indies go, given they've just beaten Australia, see how Shamar Joseph uh, goes in the white ball form, and and just add a bit of flair 
mm. possibly to the summer, at the end of the summer. Three one-dayers, three T20s, the first of those one-dayers on Friday in Melbourne and then on Sunday they're in Sydney and then next Tuesday in Canberra, the first, well, the, they're the three one-day internationals. We're going to start to talk some footy today, fellas. In fact, we're going to start our season previews and we're going in reverse ladder order from season 2023 and, Pup, you know what oh, that means. Yeah. Guess who's up first Looks today? Like we're going first. Hopefully, we're not going first this time next year. Then, you know. I'll tell you what, aren't the vibes <laughs> superb? And you know, as we we come back for the new year, uh, one of the big stories of the off season was certainly the one that was highly anticipated as as we left at the end of last year, and that Jerome Luai, uh, that five year deal, finally signed, sealed, and delivered from season twenty twenty five onwards. Mm. But uh, the Omens with Benji are strong, aren't they? I mean, as Tigers fans, I've spoken to a couple over the course of our break, and, you know, you can tell the mood is changing at long, long last, and the yeah. optimism. I mean, every year we – I love this time of the year because we've all got hope. Everyone's on zero wins, zero losses, so the glass is always half full. But for Tigers fans, it seems, well, a bit more full than it has been for quite some time. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. From from my mates that are also Tigers fans, I think it's hope. I think we're all hoping this um, this connection between Benji and the Tigers continues to be as good as it was when he was a player. Um, he was an unbelievable player, Benji Marshall. There's no doubt about it. Um, and really uh, led that team over over a number of years, certainly to that grand final. Um, so I think everyone's hoping he can, he can transform that into coaching, but yeah, I think there's some still ner- some, some nerves around as well. I think everyone's unsure. And, and I, and I guess that conversation that we have across all sports, being a great player doesn't make you a great coach. Um, from all reports, he's a hundred percent committed. He's dedicated. He's putting in the time. Um, and, and the boys really like him, but I think like, you know, any young coach, and we've seen it with a number of clubs, he's going to have to go through that roller coaster ride. You know, it's not going to be rainbows and butterflies for the Tigers. I think they're in for a tough year, but hopefully a tough year means, you know, middle of the table. Uh, a great year would be sneak into that eighth position, I think. But if we can if we can get off the bottom, I think that's, you know, first and foremost, the style of footy we play and, and the consistency. That, that's been our major issue over a number of years. We just... You know, we, we we go and beat some some teams, and everyone goes, "Wow, you know, we've got the talent, or we can do it." And then we just the, the week after, we're just horrible again. So, yeah, I think it's all hope at the moment. So, fingers crossed. Um, yeah, I'd I'd love to see us have a good year, and I think everyone, all Tigers fans, they just want to see change, change in the way we play, change in the attitude, change in the commitment, because that's what's let us down, in my opinion, over the past couple of years. And Loz, your Raiders, later this morning, we're going to speak to Mick Crawley, Raiders' assistant coach there. And uh, I I think the Raiders are going to be one of the teams when we're looking at our top eights. And just because they've lost Jack Whiten, big name, of course, off the Souths, that I think the Raiders are going to be one of those teams that people slip out of their rate to accommodate someone else. And that's exactly what Ricky, I'm sure, and the team there at the Raiders will draw on. Nobody rates us. Yeah, well, I think that's been the case for a number of years. Mm. I, I remember the year they made the grand final. No one really rated them that season. Um, and it took them to get to the grand final before everyone started to say, well, they're a very good side. 
their forward pack is as good as anyone's, and they've got some of the most exciting young talent in the game. It's just a matter of how they come together quickly in the off-season. And it's not as though, um, you know, Jack was a organising 5'8". Jack was a running 5'8". So for me, that will be easier to replace than someone that has been in control of a football team for 10 years that just automatically leaves and someone else has to take over that responsibility. That's the hardest player to get in your organisation, a key position half who directs a team so well. Now, there's going to be a bit more pressure on Jamal Fogarty, but as a running 5'8", whoever gets that position, I think it's easier to fit into that system than if it was a calf that had to direct a team around the paddock. You just see how much an experienced half is worth to a team at the moment. So I don't think it's all doom and gloom. In fact, I think it's exciting. I mean, there's great opportunities there for whoever gets the uh, position. Um, you know, you look at, um, you know, fullback, for instance. You've got uh, Xavier Savage, who got injured last year. Um, I'm interested to see how his pre-season's mm. gone because he is an X-factor. Because the talent that he's shown um, in in a short space of time has been excellent. You know, you've got well, the Cotter, fullback jersey's up for you've, grabs. You've got Rapani, you've got young mm. Chevy Stewart, um, uh, who's a who's a by all reports a, a wonderful young player and someone that they've identified as a long term fullback. There, you know, Chris and Timiko were both centres for New Zealand. So you know, they've got some strike. They've got some strike, and their forwards, as I said are as good as anyone's. Mm. It's just a matter of how they come together and how much confidence they have to start the season. Because I think if they start the season well, I think they'll gain momentum as the season goes on. A bit like the West Tigers. I think the first six weeks is so important to them. And I think you'll see that halo effect straight away, you know, with Benji. But then it's a matter of getting into the grind, you know. But if you're winning games early, you can go through a bit of a bad patch and then come out the other side. But sometimes... (laughs) If you start bad, it can go from bad to worse. Loz, on that with the Tigers, how mu- how much impact can you know even the, the greatest of coaches have when your talent is your talent? Like uh, that's one of the things we used to talk about, you know, with captaincy and, and cricket, and people would talk about, um, you know, a, a good captain or a bad captain. You, you can only captain your stock, mm. and I'm sure in footy, in rugby league. Coaching's the same. Yes, you want to get the best out of your players, but your stock's your stock. And, and it's not like, you know, we've had a massive transformation and, and this season particularly we've got, you know, 10 new superstars. No, and it's going to be difficult to play finals football for the West Tigers. I think yeah. there's plenty of optimism there. And one yeah. thing that gives me hope with the Tigers, not so much for this year, but moving forward, is one, they've got Jerome Luai going there next year, but he won't help them this year. But Tim Sheens has said, and I trust him because I know what his eye is like, he said some of these kids are the best he's seen. So 25, 26, 27, I I think the Tigers will have a, a very good team and be pushing for finals then. But you don't put a ceiling on a team in the off season when you're a new coach because you're, you're unsure of what they can can achieve. But but one thing you can't be beaten on, and I'll talk a little bit more about this after six o'clock, you can't be beaten on effort. That That's where the Tigers have to win. They might be beaten on skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they might just come up against better teams. 
And it's, it's like, you know, if you come up against a, a very talented team that have high standards and, and are very big on effort-based plays, they're going to be extremely hard to beat. But you can come up against a talented team that may not have the same effort as the opponent, and that opponent will drive, you know, will finish close to the, to the, the team with the talent because they will fight for everything. And, and when you talk about driving new standards, I think that's what Benji has done, and he's drawn a line in the sand with David Nofaluma, turning up to training unfit. Well, that's not what we want to start our off-season when we've won back-to-back wooden spoons. We want people to turn up in shape, show they care about the club, and show that their you know, attitude needs to be different. And if it's not going to be different, something needs to change. So Benji's made that decision to cut him from the squad. So I think that's a good move. So he's made the right noises, but again, it just comes down to the stock they've got and how much they're prepared to dig in when times get tough. Dragons make a signing. Red V's ray of sunshine on the back page of the Daily Telegraph today. So the Dragons and Shane Flettigan, they've signed former Bulldogs captain Ray Fatala Mariner, a two-year deal. He still had two years left on his Bulldogs contract. The 30-year-old was released by the Dogs. He'd already been given permission to explore his options, and I guess he mentioned the Nofaluma situation that the, the Tigers laws. A divorce seemed best for both there uh, with the Dogs and Fatala Mariner and uh, the Dragons pick up middle forward. Yeah, well, it's always difficult to to come back from a, from a situation where you've had a disagreement with the coach and you know they're not happy with your training standards and you're not happy with the way you think you've been treated at a club. So I think it's best that the parties come together. They've made that decision now to be, uh, to move on and They've released him from the final two years of his deal. He's played 102 times for the Bulldogs, so he's an experienced player for Taylor Mariner. So the Dragons, they, you know, they're, they're off season. They've had some players go down with injuries. They've got salary cap space. They need experienced players, so he might be a handy pickup for them. Plenty of Marnus Labashane on the back pages as well. Three fallen. Marnus safe despite worrying form slump. That's the back page of the Telegraph. Uh, he's there on the back page of the Courier Mail as well. No Labas change. He is still our main man is the headline there. Uh, batting stability order of the day. No change for top six is a headline on the back page of the Australian. So Coach Andrew McDonald spoke and insisted that they're in no mood to change the batting order, Clarkie, as we head towards a couple of tests in New Zealand coming up next month, uh, despite the eight-run defeat to the West Indies and sort of uh, you know the conversation around our batting woes. And you look at Labuschagne, so he averaged 28 this summer against Pakistan and the West Indies. Travis Head, by the way, averaged 25. Uh, and we know how good a form he was in heading into the summer, particularly after that knock in the World Cup final. Labuschagne, his average has gone from 60 to 50 in the last 13 months. But let me just reiterate, his average is 50 in Test cricket. You just answered my questions, but his average has gone from 60 to 50. Mm. If you average 50 at the, over 50 or over at the end of your career, you're one of the all-time greats of Australia. So, yes, he said he, he, our expectations are set very high based on his performances throughout his career so far. He's batting at number three, which is, you know, as tough a place as you can bat in the order. Um, And he's had a a tough 12 months. Um, But 
He's a very, very good player, and I've got no doubt he'll come good. Again, I think there's a, a tiny little um, – it's not a technical flaw. It's just something that has been happening over the past 12 months that it's um, – you know, it's coming to his game that he, he needs to go away and work on. And um, I've got no doubt he will. Uh, uh, Neil DeCosta is his batting coach and has been for a long time. And Neil coached me all through my career. Uh, so he's in great hands there. Um, Marnus is the type of bloke that wants to get better, wants to learn. He's very similar to, to Steve Smith. They always think they can get better. And they hit a million balls. So, you know... You're in great hands if you've got good people around you that know the way you play, know your game, and you're willing to grow, and you're willing to do the work. That's what I'm saying. Don't be surprised. And again, because of the pitches in New Zealand, where Australia is going next for Test Cricket, don't be surprised if Steve Smith and Marnus Labuschagne are the two leading run scorers in that series. Mm. They've, they've performed both very well in England as well in those conditions. New Zealand pitches are quite slow like England pitches. So, yeah, I think um, I don't think... I don't think any of us need to worry too much about Marnus. I think he's a wonderful player and you'll see plenty more test hundreds uh, in his statistics. Mm, it's interesting because I think they possibly need to do a bit more of a deeper dive. Just on the fact that, not, not so much about Marnus, because I, I understand that point so well. You know, averaging 60, now you're at 50. That's, that's still a remarkable average. But for me, coming into this summer, five test matches, three against Pakistan, two against West Indies, we thought it would be a fill-up for the batsmen. And we had two centuries. Two centuries. Mm. That's all we had. So I'm just wondering what what that that was from. Conditions are a a big part of that loss as well. How many centuries did Pakistan and West Indies have? Yeah, but we're not expecting them to to do anything. That's the issue. We're expecting Australia in our own conditions to... Basically, flog them. We, we, we just thought they'd be turn up, win the game within three days and honky-dory. But that wasn't the case. I, so yeah, Pakistan, I, I, Pakistan attack wasn't the worst either. And, 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 well, and West Indies attack wasn't the worst. I think, I think if you look at both Pakistan... And I think I said this before a ball was bowled this summer. I think if you look at Pakistan and West Indies' strength was their bowling. They're better bowling side of things than batting side of things. And, I always, and, and, and it's always facing our bowlers in these conditions because they know them so well the success of the attack, the four, the three quicks and Nathan Lyon, the way they work together. And that's why we've been spruiking them all summer. You know, they're, they're a hard attack to come and face here in Australia. So I, I, I did expect Pakistan's bowling to be better than batting and same with West Indies. I didn't think the West Indies batters would be able to handle the Australian attack. So, yeah, it's, it's a fair call, though. You would expect more than two centuries out of our batsmen because... You know, again, you've got... We had Warner, Kawaja, first three test matches, uh, Labuschagne, Smith, even Travis Ed now. Those five are very experienced batsmen. So they should be making... They should be making hundreds. They should be able to adapt to Australian conditions. So fair call. Um, But yeah, again... Let's go back to the same conversation we have around all sport and all athletes. It's okay to drop someone, but you've got to replace him with someone. So if we're going to drop a Manus Labuschagne, for example, I know you're not saying that, but if we were going to drop a Manus Labuschagne, who's better than Manus at number three in Test cricket in Australia? There's no one even close. No, no, no. He, he holds his position. There's no doubt about that. But I just, I'd, I'd like to know whether they went in 
not underprepared, but underestimating their opponent, or whether it was just a case of maybe fatigue from the series in yeah. in, in India, yeah, fair, fair question. England, fair question. going back to in, India for the the, the one day uh, World Cup. I, I I just like to try and find out a little bit more about why that happened because I, me personally and. You know, you just mentioned the fact that you, you thought that their bowling attacks would, would certainly be their strengths. Me, as a novice, was sitting here thinking it's just going to be a fill-up for our batsmen. 13-53-53 is the number. Just some results overnight at the Asian Cup quarterfinals. So uh, two injury time goals secured a 3-2 win for Jordan. Dramatic match against Iraq. So they're into the quarters. Uh, sorry, round of 16 matches, these. So, and Qatar, the host, they beat Palestine 2-1. Uh, just some other news in football. Milos Ninkovic of the Wanderers, he's decided to call time on his career. And we'll speak to Gabriel Kler, Western City Wanderers defender, in an hour's time and get his reaction to that news. And the Wanderers have a big game coming up against MacArthur at Campbelltown on Sunday. Yesterday in the NFL... Well, for the second time in five seasons, it is Kansas City up against San Francisco in the Super Bowl. And that match back in 2020 in Miami, by the way, the Chiefs won 31-20. to So now they're off to Vegas because in the respective championship games yesterday in the AFC, Kansas City 17-10 to over Baltimore, who unfortunately laid an egg. And San Francisco 34-31 over Detroit who led 24-7 to at halftime and blew it, Loz. They blew it. So Tay-Tay has a concert in Tokyo the night before the Super Bowl. You can just see, you know, playing across, and then she comes out here, playing across to Vegas from Tokyo, uh, off to Australia. I know. I saw her. Well, you know what? You know what? No, I, I don't mind Tay-Tay down because she was getting filthy at the cameras being put on mm. her yesterday. Yeah. She actually... Told she them to go away, yeah. yeah. So I like it. I like her now because I thought oh she was god. all about the attention. Oh my god! So seeing her mouth those words, basically telling the cameras to pee off. I, she's she's got my respect. She's got your respect. Okay, yeah. good. She'd be happy back, about back that. Yeah, Swifty yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> I'm vibing her. <laughs> Uh, on the text line, Sid, wouldn't this make Loz vomit? Kansas wins the Super Bowl whilst holding up the trophy and Travis Kelsey proposes to Taylor Swift. Yes. There you go. Tay, tay. Public proposal. Gonna be it's, coming. Beat, aren't they? it's coming. It's coming, see it. They're no. going to be hard to beat, this Kansas City. Well, I, I mean, I think I I, like 49ers are a very good side, but they just haven't been great the last two games, no, have they? Yeah, they've they've just holes. fallen over the line. Kansas City's defense is better. Yeah. Probably, which is, sounds ridiculous considering it's Mahomes, San Francisco's offense. Well, they've, they've got more weapons, mm. but Mahomes. It's now, I've now got a new rule. In the playoffs, I'm never betting against Mahomes again because I did yesterday and I got badly burned. Yeah. Badly. Well, Dick has always said about Lamar Jackson, he just hasn't won no, those until he makes a Super games Bowl. And Super Bowl. Mm. So. He's under a bit of pressure, but I tell you, respondable yesterday was Purdy, yeah. and he did that through his legs too. Mm. He, he ran a couple of times when he was put under pressure in the pocket, and he got them across the line. So that'll be good for his confidence. But they stopped their running game, which is a big part of how they play the Forty Nine ers. So yeah, I, I think Kansas City would be hard to beat.
Well, no, I want the 49ers to win. What do you think the market is? What do you think the line is with Tab Oh, for geez. the Super Bowl? Three and a half, four? It, who do you think is favourites? Oh, favourites? Yeah. 49ers. Ooh, I'd say... Yeah, no, I'd go the other way. I'd go Mahomes. Just so Kansas City. It's a very tight market. So head to head, the mm. 49ers pup, you're right. Dollar eighty five. Kansas mm. City at dollar ninety five. So tight. And the line I at the moment change. is one and a half. Kansas City plus one and a half. I'm taking that right now because you were right. I, I think Kansas City are gonna end up jumping favourites. I think favorites. they'll jump favourites. Yeah. Hasn't right. Dick been saying the whole time, Dick Fane, that forty ers have been the favourites for, for have, ages, though, yeah. Yep. But, so what? But we're saying because Mahomes is so good under pressure. Yeah, yeah but they haven't been playing change. well, mate. Forty nine. They are peaking. It, yeah. It's just the classic peaking at the right time with Kansas City. Mm. Absolutely, and they've just got a genius coach in Andy Reid, Hall yeah. of Fame, future Hall of Fame coach, and the Michael. Well, I don't want to say. Yeah. We say it, don't we? The Michael Jordan. Well, he's the face of the NFL, Patrick Mahomes, and they're just yeah. they, they were, you know, average during the season. And then just towards right at the end, and now into the playoffs, they're playing the best they've played all season yeah. by a mile. And but, San Francisco probably aren't. No, well, I haven't been impressed with the last two games. Mm. They've fallen across the line. Mm. They won in the last minute two weeks ago, and then they were mm. getting beaten um, okay, yesterday. Torn and apart getting, early. Getting hammered by yeah. Detroit. So, yeah. Mm. Season 2024 NRL preview starts today with the West Tigers. We're going in reverse ladder order from 2023. So last season, the Tigers, 17th, the Spoon. For the second straight year, four wins, 20 defeats for the season. And their gains and losses. So they have gained the Fainu brothers, Samuela and Latu. Justin Olam comes as well in that player swap with Sean Bloor. Aiden Caesar comes to the club from Leeds. Jaden Sullivan from the Dragons. Their losses, Bloor, as I mentioned. Luke Brooks, big loss. Off to Manly, of course. Dane Laurie's gone back to the Panthers. Uh, Ken Mamalo, the Titans. Joe Offerhengawi's gone to Para. Tommy Talao to Manly. Brandon Wakeham to Manly. Their odds with Tab. So they're $67 to win the Premiership, $29 to make the Grand Final, $126 to win the Minor Premiership, $13 to make the Top 4, $6 you're getting to make the Top 8, $1.09 to miss the Top 8. And in the most losses market, they're actually favourites at $3, just ahead of the Dragons at $3.25. So this is the Tigers with the Benji-era starting loss. How do you see them this year? Four wins last year has to be more than that this year, sure. Oh, straight off so. the bat. I, I think it's six to eight wins for the West Tigers. I think that's what they will be aiming for. Um, I think that Benji's making all the right noises. Um, one thing he wants to establish is a new identity. The Tigers have always been an attack-based team. You know, they've always liked to throw the ball around. They've always tried to entertain. But I think that will change after listening and reading about Benji driving harder standards at training and wanting a team that works hard. And I think that's what you'll see. You'll see a team that works hard. You talk about one percenters that the coaches are looking for, and it's all effort-based. 
it's not about the talent, it's about your effort that you bring to the game and bring to training every week. So you, you'll be able to tell early with the West Tigers what they're about and whether they've changed that identity. You can tell with their kick chases, you'll tell with their kick pressures, stuff like marker play, getting behind the ball uh, very quickly when the opposition have kicked uh, the ball back to them. Goal uh, line defence. Goal line defence, but all the little things that you have to show effort on. I think that's when you'll get an understanding of what their new DNA is. Um, and that's what they're going to build their game off. And as I said before, you might be beaten on talent, but they can't be beaten on work rate. So that's something that we're looking forward to seeing with the, the Tigers. I think stability at board level and executive level will certainly help the Tigers stay out of the papers. They can just focus in on what they need to do. Now, again... It, it shouldn't affect you as a player, but every time you turn up for training and someone at the media, uh, someone from the media is there, they're always asking you about what's happening off the field. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that calms that down. Um, Jareem Buller was a standout for the Tigers last year, I thought, in his first year of uh, NRL. I think he turns 22 today, so happy birthday to him. Played 18 games last season. I think he impressed everyone with the way he went about it. He was very good on the ball. Uh, Defensively, still got a few things to learn, but put himself in the right position. He wasn't afraid to attack the line. Uh, His support play was was good. He liked to play through the middle and on the edges. So um, There's a lot of talent there. Justin Ollum coming to the club. Brings that experience, and he's got a bit of a point to prove mm-hmm. after having a disappointing season with the Melbourne Storm last year. He brings communication, and he also brings a bit of aggression and experience to the outside backs, which I think they were missing last year. Um, and you look at their forward pack on paper. You know, you've got Appy there. You've got Clemmer and Utukamanu, um, who's a you know, very good young front rower. Isaiah Papali'i, uh, Johnny Bateman uh, is in the back row. So... They've got the ingredients of a very, very good team, a forward pack, I should say. Um, but then they've got some young guys that we don't know what their ceiling is. We don't know someone will jump out of the ground or if someone will jump out of the ground. Um, the halves will be a big decision for Benji, who he goes with there. I'm assuming Aiden Caesar will be one and possibly Bud Sullivan. Um, but there is a lot of raps on the young Latu Fainu. Um, so he might get... Uh, a position there in the halves. Adam Dewey, of course, is injured, so he's going to miss possibly half the season. So I think they're capable of winning six to eight games, but I think they need to start well. I I think if they can start well, build a bit of confidence, they'll improve as the season goes along. But sometimes if you come with a hard-working attitude and you get beaten early and you start to string losses together, um, you can lose your way pretty quickly. And and that's the thing that Benji will have to guard against. He'll have to continually keep working, encouraging his players not to give up. And sometimes that's easier said than done. So six to eight games is your expectation. Do you see that as Benji's pass mark? I think if Benji can get six wins, I I think that would be a pass mark. Just looking at their team, Hmm. looking at where they've come from. um, And again, because I'm not inside the four walls, I don't know how they're training. But everyone will say that they're training really well. And you're just unsure of how some of these young guys, or how quickly they can develop. Like, from the end of last year to the start of this year, or after 10 rounds or six rounds this season, you might have some guy ready to play first grade that you never actually expected to. You might have thought that, 
I had him penciled in 18 months' time. So if they get one or two of those players all of a sudden jumping out of the ground and you throw into this team and they have the same impact as a Jareem Buller, you, you, you just don't know. Um, but from what I see and what the likelihood of their team being when they run out at the start of the year, if they can keep that squad together, I'm saying around six to eight wins. On the text line here, hey, boys, if the Tigers lose at home to the Dragons in round six, you watch uh, the pressure ramp up on the coach. Uh, by the way, they have the bye in round one, uh, which I'm sure will be agonising for Benji and the players. It's the round you really don't want to have a bye, do you, after, yeah. after pre-season training. Get us out there. But someone uh, has to. Someone has to. So, someone has to have that bye first up. And, you know, the Tigers, yes, they'll be disappointed. But you would say that, you know, they're a team that will back themselves early. It's not a, well, I don't know. No game's easy, but they've got Canberra's the Raiders away, game. then they've yeah. got the Sharks, then they've got Parramatta, then they've got the Dolphins, then they've got the Dragons. Uh, then they've got last year's grand finals in round seven or eight, uh, the Broncos and the Panthers. So they'll need to have at least two or three victories in those mm. openings. Well, I'd say two or three in the opening six weeks. If I'm a Tigers fan, Pup, I want double the amount of wins as they got last year. You're aiming for eight, aren't you? Jump from four to eight. Can they do that? Um, oh, yeah, I think that's what you want. But I I know I, we seem to say it all the time, and there is a bit of justification because, you know, because of our, our squad as well, the players we have. I think it's, yes, it's about the wins, but it's also about how we play. So if we don't win, if we lose, it's how we're losing. It, it's competing. It's losing by six or eight, not losing by 40 and, you know, not giving up when, you know, things don't go to plan or the style of footy we play or we, we, we need to see improvement in the way we're playing. It, it, even I think, I think the Tigers fans now, I think a lot of the frustration has been with a fair bit of the stuff off the field as well. So how we handle that this season's important. You know, I think already... Um, there's been a line in the sand drawn. Um, you know, they've, they've, they've 100% come out and supported Benji. Now, you know, we saw that when they signed Tim Sheens as well, and it lasted 12 months. So I think that's the other thing the fans want to see is, yes, the way we play on the field, yes, improvement, yes, winning more games of footy, but also how we handle all the distractions off the field. If there is an issue, if there is an incident, then see this club stick together. So if we're going to back Benji, then then have the courage to back him, no matter how much media criticism there might be. I, th- I think the, the Tigers fans want to see that as well. Lots of betting options. Just looking under tab futures. If you go under NRL futures, you can do a futures multi. For instance, you can uh, choose, say, Tigers to make top eight, put it into Roosters to, to make the top four. Gee, that's getting $12.60 if you're a true believer. And for the absolute tragics, I just came across here as well, on the Tab website, there's even 2025 West Tigers futures. <laughs> there, uh, obviously, our bookies have put some markets out there for the Jerome Luai arrival in 2025, and they're a dollar seventy-five to make the eight in 2025. Well, here's a trivia question: <laughs> Who was the Tigers' first win against last year? Can't remember. I honestly cannot remember. Penrith. Ah, was yeah, that the it was too. 
Was to... Is that the game in Bathurst? Uh, I don't know, but I'm just looking through their results here because I wanted to see how they started last year. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. They lost their first seven. And then they played Penrith. And they won 12-8. Pretty sure that was a wet night in Bathurst from memory. Uh, so there you go. So they got it, you know, that's a big scalp to start off with, wasn't it? Well, they needed it after eight weeks. <laughs> but I, I, I do think the Tigers can, you know, win more than four games. Mm. You know, you, you've got to be winning more than four games in the NRL in the salary cap era. And that squad is definitely good enough to win more than four games. But they'll need to start well, and I think they can. I, I, I just can't see them winning three wooden spoons in a row. There's more stability at the club. They seem to be happy. They seem to be thriving with Benji there as coach. So I, I'm optimistic. There you go. I'm optimistic that they can win six to eight games. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. We've got Darren Pearce coming up soon from the Canberra Racing Club as uh, they've got a big... Uh, Prize money injection for their big race, the Black Opal, for the two-year-olds. Black Opal Day, uh, which is looming, going to be huge coming up. And he's going to tell us about that. Uh, 13.53.53, give us a call. Uh, saw, uh, well, the All-Stars game's a couple of weeks away, Loz. Friday, Feb 16 in Townsville. And in the wake of receiving a Tom Brady pass at an event in Brisbane, uh, saw the vision on the news last night, Reese Walsh. It's looking like, well, Kevy Walters saying that he probably won't be available. That's the indication anyway. And he's eligible for both, isn't he, mm. Reese Walsh? He could be selected by the Maori All-Stars, all the Indigenous All-Stars, but it looks like they're going to, well, especially with Vegas looming for the Bronx, uh, they're going to just, you know, just keep him in cotton wool for the time being. Obviously, a I huge season why last year. him in the team and why the game would want him to play because he's a, well, he's going to be a superstar, isn't he, if he stays on the field and... He doesn't get injured. You yeah. wouldn't want to drop a Tom Brady pass, though, would you? Uh, no, I saw that yesterday. Mm. I saw that. They said he didn't. Get, he doesn't get nervous about much, but he got a bit nervous about trying to catch the pass mm. from Tom Brady. But I don't think he needed to be. And I hope he sets the field alight again this year, Reese Walsh, because we do need those young superstars coming through. And what he displayed last year was exceptional. Yes, he's got an error in him, and I read Kevy talking about how... Those unforced errors, that's what they're trying to get rid of um, out of his game. Um, but they don't want to, you know, stifle him at all. They want to make sure that he's still got that freedom to, to have a crack. But the percentages need to be in his favour a little bit more. Just on our Tigers preview, uh, <laughs> Craig, bit of tongue-in-cheek stuff here. Morning, guys. An acceptable result for the Tigers would be to remain in the NRL and not be demoted to Group 4. Uh having one home game here at Tamworth each year, so a few more shouldn't be too much, plus property prices for the players is much cheaper here than Sydney. Uh, good on you, Craig. Uh, Nisa should play in New Zealand Test Series. Perfect, given what he has done for Glamorgan in similar conditions. Boland as well. Smith bats at three. Mar- uh, Marcus, I'm sure you mean Marnus, at four. Uh, Renegade opens. Renshaw, I'm sure you mean there. Green carries the drinks. Give the quicks a spell. Uh, no name to that one, but uh, Andrew McDonald has indicated that the batting order won't be changing. But uh, that's uh, an opinion there. But Nisa's an interesting one, Pup. Can you see 
in New Zealand in those conditions, no, I mean, yeah, no, start coming. Ha- not if they're fit. If the quicks are fit, if the team's fit, they'll play. They'll play the same, same team. team. Mm. I think that's. I think it's a no-brainer. And this is where I prioritise Test cricket over one-day cricket and twenty-twenty cricket. So, if they need a rest, and we're seeing Steve Smith's captain of the one days, isn't he? Mitch Marsh is captain of the T20. So Pat Cummins is not playing the T20. So there's a rest. I think Starkey's also might be... Like, this is the time where you can afford to rest the bowlers through these one days and T20s. If they play one of the games or two of the games, um, you know, even if you were to play them in the first two games, try and win the series and then rest in the last game, whatever, whatever they decide to do, I think they've got a good opportunity now before those test matches in New Zealand to make sure that all the test players are fully fresh and, and playing good cricket. And again, it's an away tour. Away series is always tougher than a home series. So the Aussies will want to win that series against New Zealand in New Zealand. So make sure the guys are fresh and ready to go. Um, I've said, I've made it very clear, Michael Nisa, in any format, if he was picked for Australia, there would be no one disappointed. He's been absolutely brilliant over a long period of time now for Queensland and deserves a crack. But you can't get picked unless someone's injured. Um, I don't think Michael Nisa is is better than those three fast bowlers, Stark, Hazelwood and Cummins. So unless one of them's injured for a test match, I wouldn't be resting them. And like I say, I'd rather rest them from a one-day game or a T20 game um, or stop them training for a week and play the games so they are fresh for those test matches. We've got Shane on the line. G'day, Shane. How are you, mate? G'day, Mido. Welcome back, mate. Thank you, Welcome mate. Uh, you. Will and... Will and Ben did a good job while you're off, mate. But mate, you're the goat. You are the goat. <laughs> and you, and you know, I tell you, I tell you, you know, paid you for that. You, you are starting to slowly surpass TK. <laughs> Ooh. I'm, no, I'm Ooh. telling you why. Wow. I'll tell you, I'll tell you why because your interest in NFL and UFC goes way past TK. And TK used to ignore those sports, but it's moving ahead with the future. And they're big sports. They're big betting sports. The big viewing sports, but I mean TK was the best. But you're slowly getting there, Mido. You know? You're slowly getting there. Just chest out here. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just been watching a way to go. I'm just, <laughs> just, just, just the battle having a crack, mate. Just been watching a couple of sports shows this morning on uh, Fox Get Up and this sort of thing. They're already starting to say Mahomes will. He could be now if he retired. Now he's the goat. Oh, I think it's a little, yeah, I know, it's a little bit premature. I think he's got to win another two before he can be in the same. Look, I've got him at the moment just outside my top five. I've got Brady, Montana, Bradshaw, Peyton Manning and John Elway. If he can get one more and get three, I'll put him second behind Brady. If he gets if he gets four, I'll put him equal with Brady because the thing is with Brady, Brady had to, he was lucky he kept those sides together for so many years. But the Chiefs, this is probably their weakest side they've had in their in their era. And Mahomes keeps dragging them on his back yeah. every year. It's remarkable. I mean, I didn't think they were hoping hell of going to Baltimore and winning. And he just he just took over the game. Yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson failed miserably, but it was it was remarkable watching the game. I'm just going, This guy, he will go down as one of the greats, but to say he's better than Brady yet, no, I don't think so. What side are you on in the Super Bowl? Oh, look, the 49ers coming back from 17-0 against that Detroit side that just went to sleep in the second half. 
Christian McCaffrey, if you get him 15 yards out, you're not going to stop him. He's a beast. He's a machine. And I've never seen Purdy run so much in my life. They are stacked. Mate, I can't pick it. I dead set can't pick it. I'd probably favour San Francisco yet, and then I'll have egg on my face again with the Chiefs. But, mate, I just can't split them. I don't know what the odds will be. What's the odds? It's even. It'd have to be, wouldn't it? Uh, Slight favourite San Francisco at the moment. One, uh, One and a half is the line. Yeah. So, so the other thing is, too, San Francisco are basically fully fit. Now, the Cardinals lost one of their offensive linemen last week, Joe Swinney, right? And he's a beast. They just slotted another bloke in there and never missed a beat. And these blokes are most important because they've got to protect the quarterback. And little things like that when it gets to the Super Bowl can count. But, mate, they just the confidence that Mahomes has. And, I mean, Tay-Tay, well, what do you say about Tay-Tay? You know? <laughs> yeah, what do you say? <laughs> Hey, Shane, I, I <clears throat> love you, but I, I can't agree with you with uh, Pat Mahomes and Brady, even if he wins another two. I think, still think he's got a long way to go. Like he, he, he got Tampa Bay a Super Bowl. He's won seven Super Bowls, Tom. Mm. Like, and then yeah. he, like you look at New England after he left, they fell apart. Um, yeah, Tampa weren't doing much, and then all of a sudden he goes there one season. They win the Super Bowl. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's not getting getting in my opinion beaten as a goat. It's going to be mm. tough. Well, to see the numbers don't lie, but I, I suppose you can look at an argument like this. You could say Djokovic and Federer. Now Federer hasn't got enough uh, the same amount of titles as Djokovic, but would you regard him as a better player in his in his career? You know, sometimes it doesn't matter how many titles you got. No, I mean, that, no, that's a fair point too. Yeah. We we talk all the time about statistics in here. About yeah. just because you've got the best batting average doesn't make you the best batter. And aesthetically, yeah. you're taking Mahomes over Brady any day of the week. Yeah, but you take more spectacular. Yeah, by well, a long spectacular. Way. Lamar Jackson. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's a gap between who you like better mm. versus who is better. Mm. And over a long period of time, statistics don't lie. No, that is uh, true. And you're always about longevity when we use the word great pup. Exactly right. Thank you, Shane. No. Much appreciated, mate. Okay, joining us now, great to have him on, is the Chief Executive there at Thoroughbred Park, the Canberra Racing Club, Darren Pearce. Darren, a very good morning to you, mate. How are you? Very good, Jared. Yourself? Very well, thank you. And, uh, well, we've got Black Opal Day looming, and this is a significant day for the club always, but especially significant considering the boost in prize money. Tell us about it, Darren. Mate, uh, this year is Canberra's first million-dollar race day. We've uh, merged the Tab Canberra Cup with uh, the John McGrath Auto Group Black Opal Stakes Day, and uh, it's a 10-race card, Canberra's first million-dollar race day, and it's only 40 days away on Sunday the 10th of March. So we're building up and uh, very excited to bring that together. It must be, uh, obviously, you've got the Black Opal, but what other stakes races have you got on the day there, Darren? We've got four stakes races on the day. The, the Black Opal's obviously Canberra's great race, and uh, we've put the tab Canberra Cup on the day. And if you think back to last year, we had horses like, um, you know, Explosive Jack and Arapahoe coming through the Canberra Cup who went on to win Group 1s. Uh, the Black Opal Stakes was a cracker last year. We had Autumn Ballet going on in the uh, autumn and winning other races, and coming back in the spring and winning a Group 2 and uh, Tiz Invincible going on with it as well. So they're both really great class races. Uh, in addition to those two races, we've got the National Sprint 
and the Canberra Guineas and uh, some great support races. So uh, it's a real race lovers day and um, we're hoping that not only the Canberra community but our surrounding communities and fans from all over uh, Sydney can come down and be a part of it. So March 10, how can the public get tickets? What packages are available? Well, there's a there's a whole range of packages. Tickets are all on Ticketek um, and start from as little as $35 for the day. There's hospitality packages starting from $75. And this year we've got uh, an entertainment precinct, a little bit like uh, what happens in Sydney. You'll see the concerts after big days like the Everest and, and the championships. And we've got Invades coming down, creating an entertainment precinct with Big John. And uh, those tickets are $42 and... Um, all on sale on Ticketek and details through our website. Who's Big John? Oh. <laughs> Who's Big John, Darren? Big John's the, the, the promoter of Invades. Apparently, he's got a huge following. Uh, we put a tweet out uh, and social media out about uh, Invades and Big John being on course uh, for the Invades uh, Entertainment Day, and um, it, it went off. So uh, everyone's really excited about that, and... Um, He's, uh, he's a real character, so I can't wait to meet him. Okay, Big John coming. Black Opal Day. Uh, get your tickets at Ticketek. And, and while we got you, Darren, tell us uh, how the community chess, the inaugural running of that race, wrapped up last year as well. Uh, total feel-good day. Um, we had 12 great charities around it. And, um, you know, just to see the emotion uh, that came through those charities winning up to $25,000, and also Joseph Jones Racing made a donation, a share of the prize money uh, after winning the race with Super Helpful, which was which was incredibly generous. And, um, you know, just tears in the eyes and, you know, just the, the things they can do to help the community um, with their share of the charity chest, um, it just made us feel really good about that day. And it was a big part of our community engagement program and, um, you know, that race is here to stay and we look forward to this year growing it and making it bigger and better. Okay, great stuff. Uh, just a reminder, Black Opal Day, March 10, to get get your tickets, get involved, uh, go to Ticket Tech. Darren, thanks so much. We'll be in touch soon. Thanks for having me on, guys. On the text line, John from Moorbank says, Lost Big Mal won't be happy. Big John is taking over Canberra. What are you doing on your phone there? Well, I know a few Big Johns, <laughs> but... I- but I wanted to use my phone to type in Big John because I didn't want to use my work laptop. So I just wanted to make sure that Big John was Big John. Right. All right. So that Big John, I'd never heard of. Had you heard of that Big John? No. No. No, I hadn't. No. But he's very, very famous. Very popular. Very popular. Mm. Big John. Big John. Yeah, don't put that into the work. No. Um, Adam Pengilly from the City Morning Herald. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. Do you know Big John? I've got no idea who Darren was talking about. Wouldn't have a clue. But he sounds like an intriguing character. I'll give him that. Okay. uh, Some news in regards to a couple of significant gallopers. Alligator blood. Also some news on Giga Kick as well. It's got Mm. a crucial scan early next week. But uh, this is uh, a very unfortunate story concerning the seven-time Group 1 winner. Yeah, it's horrible news, Mido. He's going to miss the best part of the next year, you'd imagine, with a Paston injury. Gabe Waterhouse and Adrian Bott found that injury after his barrier trial in Sydney last week, which is going to rule him out for the entire autumn carnival, obviously. I'd imagine he's going to be missing the spring. And you'd have to say, given his age, his racing career has got to be in some sort of serious doubt at the moment. So 
not great news. He's been a stalwart of the racing scene in Australia, the wait for age ranks for the last two or three years, and he obviously picked up a number of group ones. But you've got to think, me though, he did have that serious, serious back injury when he was a lot younger. And I think me, most people, me included, thought he was done back then. He's come back and had a new lease of life with the, with the new stable and, and done some fantastic things. So maybe the chance of him coming back, we just probably won't see him for pretty much all of 2024 now, which is a, which is a real shame. Does Ryan Moore want to come back out and ride in the slipper this year, does he? Yeah, that's the mail laws from Coolmore that he, he's been keeping an eye on the proceedings heading up to the slipper. And obviously, Switzerland debuted for Coolmore last week and Chris Wallen was extremely impressive winning at Randwick. So given that Ryan won the race on Shinzo last year, there's obviously no doubt why he'd want to come back here and, and try and win it again. I, I just reckon, <laughs> what do you think James McDonald thinks about it all? Because he was booked to ride this horse last week before it was scratched and saved for, for last Saturday. And then obviously, given he had to go to New Zealand, Karen McAvoy picked up the ride. So I reckon Jay McAvoy thinking, hang on a minute, mate. I, I, I was booked to ride this horse on its initial start or plan debut and didn't come through. So I still want to be on his horse. But no doubt Ryan Moore is laying the groundwork with Coolmore to, to try and get that ride. His, his contract with Coolmore, obviously, he heads all around the world to, to ride their horses, whether it be Europe or America or on the occasional trip down to Australia for a big race meeting like the Slipper or the Melbourne Cup. So, yeah, that might be a fascinating watch in the next few weeks. We've got the Widden. Uh, I see Lady of Camelot, $2.50, is the favourite there. The Kenanbury, this is all in markets, of course. There's uh, three at $3.50 at the moment. Fearless, Menos, Prost for the Kenanbury there on Saturday. So the two-year-old picture, a big few weeks ahead. Yeah, it's go time, Mido, isn't it, at the moment. Um, things are really heading up towards the slipper. And so the very quick glance at the nominations for these two races um, on the weekend last night. And good set of nominations, seeing a few horses that are returning who debuted in the in the Breeders' Plate and the Jim Crack Stakes. Obviously, Manal from Michael Freeman, who was so impressive winning that Jim Crack and snuck under the punters' guards a little bit. There's obviously holds a, a nomination for the win stakes, but Gay and Asia both got Lady Camelot and Alanea there. And... Very keen to see how Gay and Adrian's Colt Cross goes in the in the Canterbury as well. He was pretty good in the Breeders' Plate on debut. So Tullet Lodge has been absolutely on firing on all cylinders with the two-year-olds and no doubt they'll be uh, among the thicker things again on the weekends. Adam, we're talking about the Tigers this morning, buddy. What's your take on their pre-season, uh, how Benji's handled things so far, and what do you see as a pass mark for them this year? How many wins do you reckon? Yeah, I, I like everything I'm hearing from Benji Clarkie, to be honest. He's, he's talking a really good game, and he seems like he's really drawn a line in the sand and set some really high standards for that, that squad. And it's preseason. Everyone, everyone's training yeah. harder. They're fitter, stronger, and you know, better than what they were last year. I, I'm, I'm, a little bit, I'm a little bit harsher than what, what Lodge said earlier this morning. I think a pass mark for them is probably eight to ten wins. Um, I, I, have they got them in them? I'm not sure. But I think they've got, to, they've got to aim for that eight to ten win mark. It's still not going to be good enough to make the finals, obviously. But... I reckon a pass mark for them has to be anywhere between that sort of 10th, 11th, 12th. Somewhere around there would be a really good pass mark for them. I know most people will say, well, if you don't make the finals, it's a failure. I just don't think they've got the squad currently right now to, to make the finals. But I think they're capable of trying to get around that eight-win mark. If they push up to nine or ten, I think that would be a pretty successful first year for Benji. What do you think's the bigger narrative out of these three? Wayne Bennett and what he will do next year. James Tedesco and whether he'll be picked again in rep footy and for New South Wales or Benji in the progress there under the Tigers? Uh, I'll say Wayne Bennett, you know, mm. um, just because I think Wayne Bennett will go all season long. Um, and you know what Wayne's like with the media. <laughs> He'll be driving it better than anyone himself. So mm. we'll be interesting to see how that plays out. I just, I don't know. I can't get a read on what he's going to do next year. And Loz probably knows better than me, but he, he, he'll want to coach. There's no way he'll want to go into a, 
uh, you know, front office job or take a step back in a director of footy role. He's a, he's a coach. That's what he loves doing. So he'll be angling for some sort of job somewhere. Will I he coach New Zealand, Adam? It's a fascinating one, Loz. Is it enough to keep him engaged, like coaching mm. three games a year? No, probably not. Not at all. <laughs> probably, I, I, I would, probably I, not. I, I would say no. Like, I, I think he'll want to have his hands on the wheel coaching on a day-to-day basis in, in club footy. So I think he'll sit back. He'll, he'll wait for the first 10 or 12 weeks of this year. Yeah. And we all know how it works, Loz. If there's, a, if there's a club that's underperforming, there's a coach under pressure, then naturally his name's going to be thrown into the mix, oh, you would yeah. think. And, and, and then that's when it's going to really heat up. And Wayne's a master tactician. He's a master politician. He, he knows how to he knows how to move himself into positions. And that and there's a chance that he's going to end up with a very good job in 2025. So there'll be a couple of nervous coaches, I reckon, looking over their shoulder if their team doesn't start well in the first couple of months of the year, just because they know Wayne Bennett's a free agent. Yeah, I know he's a free agent, but oh, yeah, I know everyone's always under pressure, but I, I, I don't know whether there's one there that is under as much pressure as some of the ones that were last year. Yeah, I think that's a very fair call, Oz. I think there was a lot more... Uh, Uncertainty lot more last year, I reckon. Yes, yes. Yep. You're right. This year, there seems to be more stability in the coaching ranks. Yep, you're right. But, you know, yeah. there's always going to we'll be see. a couple of teams that underperform. <laughs> we'll see after six weeks, man. Well, mate, you look at the Tigers, change your coach. Dragons, yep. change your coach. Yep. Bulldogs, Cameron Serraldo, he'll be there. They won't be getting rid okay. of Cameron Serraldo. Desi's just signed with the Titans. You've got Wayne at the Dolphins. You've got uh, what South, who we think will improve. Yeah, but what Dimitri. if they don't? Well, he's just signed South. a new two-year deal. Yeah, mate. You've, uh, you've heard that, that before. If, if that squad does what they did at the back end of season yeah. 2023... You can't tell me he'll be there at the end of the season. I'm saying if they bomb out. Yeah, but I think there's more stability in the coaching ranks this year. Yeah. As yeah, it stands now to what it was. Well, Adam, I can remember this was a conversation everyone was having, and there was a number of coaches in the firing mm. line. Mm. Whereas it doesn't a, seem to be like that this year. I, I really like Todd Payton as a coach. Can I throw the Cowboys into the mix? Why do the Cowboys have a really rough year again this year? Yeah. yeah. We're talking ifs. But you, yeah, you, ifs. But for sure. Yeah. I, take I, I think he might be safer for another mm. year. But anyhow, we, we're unsure of what will happen. All right. We've got to get to the news. So thank you, Adam. Have a great okay. day. Thanks, boys.